Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online at DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief for the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we are back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 6-0 and recently defeated Howard 86-81 to in overtime. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? It was ugly, but it was one of those games that you needed. That's what I was saying before. If anybody listened to the previous pod, it was kind of getting out of the comfort zones of Fifth Arena to shoot and being on a road. And everybody's like, why well, play Howard? Why well, play Howard? You got Crosstown Shootout coming up soon, and that's not at Fifth Arena. So you kind of need to get those bugs out. And it was good to see them battle, battle it out and uh, get the dub. But it wasn't pretty by any means. Was it masterpiece you ugly? It was because it was just like we it was like one of those weird games, and I could tell it was gonna be weird for, for like especially at the beginning of the second half. I think the Bearcats were up like seven. They couldn't get any, they couldn't get it up to like 10, 12, and you just tell how it was going. It was gonna be one of those games that just um it was gonna be Disney movie style. Um they, they were a good team though, don't get me wrong, but it was like you just could feel like they were on fire and any shot they needed to hit, they were going to hit it. So it was just one of those games, man. Now, now Neil, um, I'm not sure what's going on, but there's like a curtain behind you. I feel like it's going to open and there's going to be like dancing in the back or something. <laughs> no, no, nobody should be coming in. I had to rechange my setup a little bit. So I got the curtain behind me now. Okay. All right. So uh, Neil, are you pleased with the performance? Honestly, I thought it was one of those performances you needed to have early in the season. I mean, obviously, there was a thing, a lot of things that could have gone better. But overall, that was a game I know a lot of fans and whatnot were not happy that they were playing a team like Howard. But if for those who did the research, I mean, Howard was projected to win their league heading into the season. And, I mean, they showed what they're capable of the other night. And, I mean, that's anybody who saw the atmosphere there, that is not an easy place to go into and win. Uh, especially with how big the gym is. The fans are right on top of you. And they needed that road test. I mean, we said it all week that they needed to go out there and get this test on the road in a hostile environment heading into a week where in a 10-day span you have two powerhouse teams in Xavier and Dayton. So overall, they needed to go on the road. This was their only road match outside of the Cincinnati area, quote-unquote. So overall, I mean, I thought they could have done a lot of things better, but I really liked what we saw on the – Inside mid-range game, obviously the three ball wasn't working. So they found ways to win inside. And if you ask me, maybe a year and a half ago, and they're in this position, I don't think they get this game. I don't think they win this game. Oh, they, they, they lose last year, no doubt. Yeah, I don't think they would win this game a season ago in that atmosphere, especially after Seth Towns comes down and hits a buzzer beater to send this game to overtime. And if you ask me, anybody's come down hit – a shot like that, I don't think it's it's hard to come back from that, especially with all the momentum favoring them in overtime. But overall, I thought they uh, had great performances there, obviously. Uh, Dan Skillings had another big night there. I really liked how he was the guy to get downhill and finish, get the bucket they needed there towards the end of uh, regulation. And I thought Jizzle James played really well in the second half as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. So some great points, some things that I want to I want to jump into. Oh, Neil, by the way, you've been on like a hundred podcasts uh, so far. Is that why you changed the background? You're big time now. Yeah, I had to, I had to move my desk around to get a better look for the one. OK, I was, I was wondering what's going on. It's because you're on all those podcasts. I got it. So <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, though, with the Howard game man, the, the production of the broadcast. Um, JT, I feel like it was like a Facebook live stream. Uh, some you know someone yeah. in the student section on a Samsung like yeah, what, was, what was, was going on with that? It was crazy because the thing was that what like they would have times where it would be fine, and then like soon as the shot goes up, they'll change to the like behind the basket cut, and I'm like, 
Now you don't even know what happened. Like you don't know if the dude missed it. You just see somebody running down the court. You don't know if it went in, if it was a pass, or it was a rebound. Like they would like in a, at the worst time, they'll cut to the other camera. It's like, all right, come on, man. Just keep hey, it on this hey, camera for a minute. Like hey, on free throws, do the other one. Like, I don't know, man. They just I mean, they were young, probably. Props to them. They'll get better. Uh, but it was definitely interesting to watch, literally. And here, because the broadcasters didn't know anybody's names, it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget that. Can't I mean, forget that. Neil, Neil, you're the stat guy, so I, I should have actually texted you and got you on the stats of how many times the one announcer, so the broadcaster said 100%, and the other one said mouse in the house. And mouse. He, he was or saying mouse in the house for no reason. Like, they yeah. come out of time out, he's like, mouse in the house. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or we should have kept count on how many times they said Victor Lakin. Oh, um, yeah, they said Lakin. But he started Lincoln first. Yeah, then Lincoln. Then they messed Lincoln. up Seth Townsend's name a few times. They called him Seth Thomas. Yeah, yep. They didn't know that Jizzle James was Edron's son for a little bit. <laughs> then the next thing, they, then the next time they said it, it was weird. It was funny. And it then uh, they didn't have any chairs, though. Like, I want be more so than what they were talking about. I feel like they they got, like, Right before the game, like, hey, dog, we need y'all. You know what I mean? So I ain't going to disappoint. I know it felt like that whole broadcast was on, like, a boat. It was just like, whoop. But oh, I swear they did, they never sat. Because even when the game, like, at halftime, they were standing. And then, like, when you would, when you, when the camera would be online, you could see them. And they still be standing. I'm like, man, they had them young men standing up for the whole game. That's wrong. <laughs> so I, I'm going to fault them for not at least getting them, like, a stool or something they should have had a stool two stools or something man well i was talking on the podcast with terry the other night he said that they had like a vent right behind the the media row and he said in warm-ups the temperature was fine and then right when game time came they turned the the cold air on all the way he said dan him and dan called the game in their jackets and everything Mm. yeah Good old Howard. Hey, did you, JT, did you see one the, the one announcer, the broadcaster for Howard looked like uh, Maxwell, the R&B singer? Did you see that? Did you see what he looked like? Maxwell? He looked just like Maxwell now. Because Maxwell now is clean shaven, got his hair cut. I'm I ain't seen Maxwell without the hair. I'm going to send you a screenshot of Maxwell now and look at and, and, the, and the dude that actually was the uh, broadcaster. You're going to be like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. they they definitely pulled those guys out of the uh, the student section or just randomly walking in the game like, hey, you guys want to do this? Oh, okay, that's cool. That's Man, cool. they definitely they definitely pulled them last minute. So, props to them. It's entertaining. I feel like they for as bad as the camera work was. I mean, we didn't even get to see the buzzer beater with the camera work. Yeah, because they the replayed thing it is, on ESPN and they were like, trust oh, me, the buzzer beater. It happened. Like, where's the camera? It just stuck. It was like a parent, you know how like when parents you're doing stuff, well, you'd be like recording and you get into it so you don't follow. That's what happened. They were like into the game and didn't follow. And we missed the butter beater because of it. Well, this this will be a broadcast we'll never forget. And um I, listen, I am I'm always pleased with the win on the road early in the season. Especially, you know, when a team's trying to figure a lot of things out. So I, I was pleased with that. And like you said, Neil. Definitely last year they would have lost this game. Um, you know, I was hoping for a better performance uh, from the Bearcats, though. Uh, there were some positives. I think we were right at about 10 turnovers. I think we had 40 rebounds. We were close to getting uh, 90 points. We were at 86. So there, there were a lot of things that I was pleased about. Um, I thought this was a game that Dan Skillings um, would be effective, and there were a lot of times that he was. I thought he could have been even more effective. What do you have, like 16 points or something like that? Sound about right. Yeah, because I think Victor had 19, so he was the second-leading scorer. Um, like you said, Neil, um, Jizzle gave some great minutes. I thought he really showed, you know, what he's capable of doing. Um, good to see his dad in the building. We need to get his dad in the building for a Bearcats game. That would be really cool. Yeah, it would. But my, my biggest concern is we need to really clean some things up defensively. You know, if this, t- if this team plans to make big strides, you know, Xavier's coming, like you said, JT, coming up, Dayton. Um, yeah. Be defensively sharp for both of those games. Otherwise, 
you know, we we can do well offensively. I'm not overly concerned about some of that. But yeah. defensively, I sharpen it up because, listen, JT, you know this. Xavier and Dayton are going to run some good shit, man. Oh, for sure, 100%. Um, the, the piggyback off that, I will say this, that going back to the Howard game, if if West would have stayed two bigs, we would that Bearcats would have lost that game. When he finally he finally went one big and four wings, that's when they were able to get better footing. I think I just think uh Howard was just playing with enough pace and they were shooting good. And it the two bigs weren't effective against them. They were a little bit quicker. So um with him adjusting in the second half, I think in the first half they made they went a run when they kind of went small. But that was just kind of him figuring stuff out. And then I feel like if they would have went with both both bigs in the second half, I think they would have lost that game, like, on a consistent basis. Um, I, I think they're going to have to adjust. Like, that's going to be a thing they're going to have to keep an eye on. Like, all right, I know they want Aziz out there for the better. He's better defensively than Vic. Um, but they're going to have to keep an eye and see if they can pull it off. Because sometimes teams are going to have people that are just quicker and – maybe can shoot so good that you're not going to be able to have both of them on the floor at the same time. So they're going to have to be weary in uh, keeping a pulse of that on a consistent basis. And I feel like uh, um, Xavier will be a game. I know I'm not trying to jump ahead. But I think that's going to be a game. You really just going to have to monitor those minutes with those big guys to see if they can keep up with the smaller people. And you know what? I agree with you, JT. And here's the beauty, I think, of this team is we have so many different pieces this year that he can say, you know what, I'm rolling with these guys. This is what fits right now. Yeah. It's not the force fit. He, he, it's not like he goes, well, I got no choice. These yep. guys, we just we got to roll with it. And, it. and it's been like that in the past. Now, you know, CJ might not play a lot this particular half, and, and Odie might sit, but then yeah. there's where they have to play. You know what I'm saying? And But but now I think we have that versatility in Ross. So that's yeah. that's and I, I I think I think so Florida Gulf Coast that game's gonna look completely different than the Xavier game. I think yeah. it's gonna be different for certain guys. You agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And then just to piggyback to ask you and Neil that question, um, like how 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 good do you feel about the team because they have the versatility now? Because you know, like last you know the last previous years it was kind of. You knew they had the couple hitters, but after that, it was not much versatility. Um, now they have that Swiss Army type of, you know, um, almost like a Lego type of thing where they can mix and match. Um, how, how much confident? How much more confident do you feel about the team now that they have the multiple pieces? Neil, I'll let you take it first. Yeah, I, I feel real confident. Obviously, you get Aziz back inside, and then if you can still add Jamil to that process, I mean. Those are two big building blocks right down there. But then you bring in a guy like CJ, who's capable of lighting fifth third up, uh, fifth third arena up from beyond the arc. Dan Skillings has taken leaps and bounds from year one to year two. Day Day and Jizzle have been key uh, contributors as well. And I think John Newman's a steady, steady glue guy, as we've all talked about. I think he's the guy that makes this team go. But overall, I, I'm very happy for this team. And now looking at what's ahead. Right now, if they can keep this trajectory going and keep finding and putting those pieces together, I mean, heck, I mean, we saw it today. Georgia Tech beat Duke. So that's another win that holds massive, massive weight come the end of the season because they're coming off a week where they beat two top 25 teams. So if they can find a way to keep putting it together like they were able to put put it all out there together versus Georgia Tech, this is going to be a fun team to watch. And I honestly, I think pieces are just starting to get put together. I think they know what they have. But then adding a guy like Aziz back for only, what, a week and a half, roughly, they're still finding out some things that he can do with this team on both sides of the ball. But overall, I mean, this is a team with a very high trajectory. I mean, they're getting votes in the top 25 for the first time since uh, the 2017-20 or the 2019 season. So, I mean, that that in itself says, says a lot right there. So, I mean, they're getting a lot of recognition and – I think if they can keep playing at that piece and the pieces start falling into the right spots, I think it's going to be a very fun season to watch. So, JT, to answer your question, I think um, I, I'm, I'm definitely pleased with, with the roster and the versatility of the roster. Um, and and I, for me, I know it's – I always love the, the process of watching a team develop from the beginning to the end. And you, you never know – what a team's capable of 
<clears throat> think about this. And I hate to bring up, you know, other teams, but remember that team that Mick Cronin had that made a run um, at UCLA to the Final Four? Go back and look at how they were at the beginning of the year versus how they were at the end of the year, mm. night and day, yeah. right? I think people started or players started to realize their role, um, you know, and had realistic expectations of, of what their role is. And I think for this Bearcat basketball team, I think a lot of guys are still discovering that. Like I see Dan Skillings out there sometimes like he's such a he's such a dynamic player, but he's unselfish at the same time where I think he knows he could probably take over and do a little bit more in certain situations, but he's yeah. like, I got to stay within the system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. So he's trying to figure that out. And, you know, and same with Jizzle. Like I felt like Jizzle really started moving like the Jizzle James that Bearcat fans expected to see in that yeah. Howard game. You know what I mean? Like there were a couple of ones was like, Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Sure. And that's and that's gonna that's gonna take that's gonna take time. Um, so I, I, I'm pleased. I, I, I like this. I'll I'll, I'll kind of wrap it all with this. What I like is what I said before: the fact that there could be three guys that step up every game that are different than the three guys the the, the game prior. Yeah. And I don't feel that we've had that before. That's that's my thoughts, JT. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's kind of how I feel. We got a lot of like it's a lot of you know like um dang trying to think where you just like it's a lot of stabs you know what I mean like it could be a lot of stabs any night and then you don't know why you're bleeding like you're looking for Vic and then he might not ball as much and then it's like John stabbing you (laughs) you know what I mean or then it might be Dan so it's like just multiple people I don't know what where I got that analogy from so don't 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 watch the OJ documentaries yeah you know that. OJ back on TV a little bit. He's on back on YouTube. So oh, you know, boy. juice is loose, baby. <laughs> juice is loose. Now the Bearcats play Florida Gulf Coast today at 1 p.m. in Fifth Third Arena. And you're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk Podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT. Who should we be looking out for from the Bearcats from your perspective for this game? All right, for this game, I'm rolling with John Newman. Ooh. And, he, and he's the steady Eddie guy, right? So I think after a game where they kind of like not go through the motions, because I don't think it was going through the motion, they're kind of figuring out first role game. I think he's going to, he's a guy I'm looking forward to just hopefully they can, uh, you know, do their thing against, you know, Florida Gulf Coast. And I think he's going to be the guy to kind of stay your ship and just hopefully have a lot more uh, cleaner game or a lot more uh, not much up and down, just more straightforward type of game. I think I'm looking for him to kind of have like not not kill it. I'm, I'm not saying like 20 points. I feel like John having 10 to 14, just playing real efficient, doing very good. Whoever his assignment is, I feel like he's going to do a good job trying to lock that person up. And just his energy, I think, in fifth third is going to be what what is needed to, you know, make them go seven and zero. Neil, who do we need to watch out for from Florida Gulf Coast? Yeah, so with Florida Gulf Coast, I mean, this is a Florida Gulf Coast team that's massively struggling right now. They're two and six on the season. Their one decent loss comes to Indiana, where they lost sixty nine to sixty three in their season opener. But overall, I mean, this is a Florida Gulf Coast that loves to turn the ball over. I mean, they're averaging nearly 18 turnovers per game. So if the Bearcats can keep that number up there in that 18 to 20 turnover range, I think they're in great hands. But their leading scorer is Isaiah Thompson, a six foot one point guard. Uh, he started only three games, but he averages nearly 14 points a game. Uh, so he's their their leading scorer. And then they have a six foot seven forward in Zach Anderson who's averaging 12 points and six rebounds a game, and he's a 43% three-point shooter. So he is a guy who will be able to step back behind the arc and knock a few shots down. But like I said, and then they also have a guy named Kashawn Kelman, who's a, a guy, he's a big man, but he doesn't. he's not taller than six foot nine. So the Bearcats have the clear height advantage in this one, but Kelman loves to play that mid-range game, whether it's eight to 12 foot. I mean, his stats show that he's shooting 63% from the field. And he's averaging 11 points and eight rebounds on the season. So uh, if you can get him in that mid-range game, it's going to be – got to keep a hand up on him all times because he loves that 8- to 12-foot range. 
and he's capable of knocking them down. But if you can get him out outside that range a little bit and make him shoot those outside mid-range jumpers, it's going to be a good night there for the Bearcats if they can defend that. But overall, those are the three guys that you have to keep an eye on for Florida Gulf Coast. All right, Neil, um, get on the website right now. Florida Gulf Coast, player number four. Go. Four, How do you right? say his name? All right, the roster's loading. <laughs> number four, Cyrus Largy. <laughs> you sure? Yes. Okay, number 15. Number 15 is Blaze Vespe. Ooh, JT, how is he so good at this? Like, right off? I don't know. I think he practices this shit. I think he just practices. Probably, man. (laughs) Probably. It's something. It is. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, for me, um, listen, coming in this podcast, JT, I'm right with you. I had John Newman Mm. um, as my player to watch for this game. I'm I'm right with you. And here's – I want to say this about – John Newman, he looks so confident on the court. You know, yep. even Howard game, just confident moving the ball, shooting the ball. Um, and, and, and listen, I, I just think I think he'll have a big game. We've said this before. He's the glue to this team. And, like, we don't know what's going to happen with Simas. Uh, with yeah. You know, I we don't know if he's going to play, um, you know, with the whole uh, – car accident or the getting hit by the car which which we'll have neil kind of jump into in a second some of the details of that but um you know it, it would you sit him out this game let him heal be ready for you know xavier or just just let him ride it out cmos you know I, I don't know if he doesn't play i think that's just even more room for john newman to you know go off yeah. so what, what what would you do jt you think he you think he plays Let's see. I mean, not to disrespect Florida Golf Coast. If if I I'm not saying that whatever decision Wes Miller makes, like is right or wrong. I mean, or is wrong. But if I with the coach are um had power in this situation, I would sit CMOS out um this game just because Xavier's on Saturday. And I'd rather him if we're gonna tough it out, I think he's fine, but if he's gonna tough it out, I'd rather be Xavier. Than Florida Golf Coast, um, but that's me being selfish. So I think I would sit them out. Though I would definitely, pers- I mean, more than like I would go sixty forty, sit them out. Now, Neil, would you give uh, everyone an update on uh, CMOS? Yeah. So for everyone who hasn't heard the news by now, Thursday night, Wes Miller announced at his weekly radio show that he was late to the show because CMOS Lucosius was struck by a car while crossing the street, uh, just offside of campus. There, he was in a crosswalk. It sounds like from the police report that got released in an article by the Enquirer and Scott Springer that uh, the report stated that uh, CMOS was in a crosswalk and the driver must have not been paying attention, uh, made contact with CMOS while he was in the crosswalk. Uh, The driver was cited and Wes Miller did state that it was just uh, maybe some minor bruising. And then he had a, the driver of the car, the windshield cracked. So uh, sounds like CMOS avoided some pretty big, uh, substantial injuries. Obviously that's the main thing, but overall it's a scary sight up there in Clifton, especially when you hear the news of your player getting struck by a car while crossing the street. So overall pretty scary thing, but as JT mentioned, it would be interesting to see whether or not he plays tomorrow. But if it's me personally, I, I would rest him with Xavier next week and Florida golf coast, no disrespect to them is the team that's struggling on all sides of the, all sides of the court this year. So that would be my opinion, but I, it's a scary situation involving CMOS Lukosius. Yeah, Neil. In fact, you were you were the guy that texted me and told me I, I hadn't heard yet. Um, you knew right away, and um, as soon as I saw your text, I went, "Oh no!" Because that that could be a scary thing. And uh, you know, I texted you guys and told you guys that uh, one of uh, one of my shining star players years ago, um, he was playing Division three basketball, but. He went up to Ohio State uh, to hang out with some of his friends when he had an off day. He was in season, and he was crossing the street and got hit by a car. Um, and, you know, they said that if if it would have been a little bit different in terms of timing-wise, if he would have stepped one more step um, and the car would have been going a little bit fast, you know, he would have been dead. Mm-hmm. And 
that is that is scary, man. That is very, very scary getting getting hit by a car. Now I've never been hit by a car walking or anything like that, but depending on how fast the car is going, man, that could be uh that could be frightening, man. So yeah. And didn't they say that in the, the situation with CMOS, I mean, just to come away with some minor bruises in a situation like that is crazy. Yeah. Especially with the situation, especially up there in Clifton. Like we all know Clifton drivers don't really be paying much attention, especially with the campus under construction and stuff. Like that street right there on Jefferson, there's been a lot of pedestrians hit there. So drivers, if you're listening to this podcast, please pay attention. <laughs> Neil giving out a please pay attention. safety warning. Please pay attention. Cause it had to be crazy just thinking about it, like not like not trying to make light of the situation because it's super serious. But like dog, if CMOS is what six, 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 seven, six, seven, yeah, two, two forty. He's a big kid. Big dude, right? So if if you hit him and he rolls up on your car, you had to be going pretty fast mm. for one. And for the like the Mestre wind showed up like what what was the what was the driver doing like got yeah like Neil said pay attention people pay attention because yeah. he he avoid, he got lucky man because just I don't know if he's going a little bit faster he go maybe he goes through the windshield I mean, that's a big dude to hit I mean that's a lot of a lot of human being to hit too that means you really weren't paying attention at all no question no no question I I I tell you man CMOS might be one of the nicest kids ever he's just such a polite kid. Um, I, I just I hope he's OK, gets right back on track and I hope he continues his ways of having a monster game against Xavier. Because, yeah, he's same. right. <laughs> we were, we're going to need him to do that. So we, we, we will see what happens. But the big old segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production <laughs> management or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, this is the Kenyon segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Can't play down to the competition. Um, after you know, six and zero, staring seven and zero in the face at home. You know, Florida Gulf Coast is struggling. This isn't uh, what when they call it Dunk City back when they were made their made their run and Lob City. Think Lob City. Something like that. Yeah, no, it was Dunk City. It was Dunk City. They had the like, athletic dudes, and that's why the uh, the coaches at uh, USC now. It was Dunk City. Okay. Yeah, Lob City was uh was the Clippers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. It was Dunk City. Dunk City. Okay. Dunk City. It's not Dunk City anymore. Um, so I think they just got to protect the ball. This is a team that Neil pointed that out. They turn the ball over. They average 18 turnovers. Bearcats need to keep them on their average or higher, and uh protect the ball and just not play down. Like don't, don't uh, execute just like you're playing Georgia tech. You know what I mean? Um, and just keep that rolling, keep that mindset on and, uh, and keep, and keep, uh, get go seven and zero. Would love that. Now, Neil, you, you talked about earlier that, you know, uh, Florida Gulf coast is struggling. So what did the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah. For them to win big, I think JT hits on, hit on it just briefly there with the turnovers. I mean, if you can get them to create 18, 20 turnovers a game, I think you're in good hands there. But honestly, you just can't have another night where you only make three threes. They had an off shooting night from behind the arc, which, I mean, we've seen if they have an off night shooting from behind the arc, that they can really pour it on there after it. And we've seen that. But overall, I would like to see them get the outside game going a little bit more. Obviously, CMOS was the only one who knocked down the threes versus Howard. He made all three of the threes that were made. I think they went three for like 21 or something. They only shot 18% from behind the arc versus Howard. So obviously that's something that they can improve on. If they can find a way to get CJ Frederick uh, some sets and stuff to where he can get a couple threes knocked down, I think that'll start setting the tone a little bit early. But for them to win big, they got to win the battle of the glass. That's always something we're going to preach about. But they really got to be on their gritty defensive end and create turnovers. And I think John Newman is going to be that guy who creates a bunch of turnovers 
come tomorrow or today at Fifth Third Arena. Yeah, I'm just to piggyback what everybody said. I think I think we can turn them over a bunch, and that's going to be the key to the game. Um, and I, I want to point out two guys. I think Day Day and Jizzle um, can be the key uh, to getting them to turn the basketball over quite a bit. I love to see Day Day and Jizzle really, really get after it defensively. Um, allow us to get on a break and push the basketball, get some early dunks. And also, I think a big impact could be, you know, the Bearcat fans. So, you know, the Bearcats are 6-0. and The Bengals are playing, what, Monday night? Monday night in Jacksonville. Yeah, so so no Bengals game. Bearcat fans could come out. Um, and I, I think if this basketball team gets out early, gets some dunks, starts turning the basket, or gets Florida Gulf Coast to turn the basketball over, the crowd starts going and fifth thirds rocking. Um, I can see the Bearcats, you know, yeah. winning big for sure. And this game's important. Like, and I, I, and JT, you you know this. There's there's games that sometimes become trap games and this and that. But I, I think this game is an important game to get good momentum going into the Xavier game, especially defensively. I think Day Day and Jizzle are going to be keys defensively in that Xavier basketball game. For sure. For sure. Super, super important. You know, it's going to be another road game, too, against Xavier. So I think they got to, I mean, today, you know, they got to plant seeds, you know, against Florida Gulf Coast. You know, they get how many days? A solid six days into the next game. So, yeah, yeah it's it's definitely, I, I think those two will have to, you know, to, today do their thing and then um, – be ready, be ready for Xavier. Cause I know that and they can't look ahead too. That's one thing I want to point out. You Absolutely. know, you got this, this will be their first time playing Xavier. There's a few people on the team that have, you know, experienced the shootout, but at the same time, you know, the two point guards haven't, so they can't look ahead. I know everybody's telling them how serious this is, you know, all the media coverage, extra media coverage will be here for that. So they, they can't look ahead, just handle business, you know, today. But they have to um, do the positive thing so they can um, not press against Xavier as well. So, yeah, and you and you always worry. You know, Xavier's had two really high level games. Yep. In Houston and Purdue, so yeah. you worry that they've been in those type of battles, and the Bearcats haven't. So the Howard game was good in some respects in terms of having a a close game where you got a little nerves going on. Yeah, that's helpful. But they haven't had the level of competition that Xavier's had, you know, thus far. So that does concern me. But I think if a lot of guys can get a, a lot of positive uh, confidence, energy, a lot of positive energy and confidence from the Florida Gulf Coast game and that carries over. And I listen, I've I've, <laughs> I've heard this over and over. I've I've, I've never had this experience, but. Everyone that's played at the CentOS Center has told me it is a tough place for opponents to play. It's a tough place to shoot at. And in order for the Bearcats, I think, to be successful and win, you know, at Xavier, definitely they're going to have to shoot the basketball better than they have in the past. And sometimes that confidence will start, um, you know, against Florida Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way, JT. Yeah, for sure, man. They, they, like you got, they got to plant the seeds, man. I think they have to the positive seeds, you know what I mean? Like taking the right shots, seeing a few go in. Cause I feel like if, you know, if Jizzle, Day Day, they see a couple shots go in, if CJ um, sees a couple shots goes in, you know, against Florida Gulf Coast, I just think that's going to bode very well against Xavier. Cause I mean, I mean, Xavier only lost to Houston by six, right? Yeah. Um, yesterday or a couple days ago, I heard it was a little bit of, um, referee home cooking in, in that but the Bearcats wanted to play Xavier in the referee so they got to make sure that they are focused doing the job not reaching um together on defense talking and just uh I think the Florida Golf Coast game is just one of those ones they can't overlook it but they have to do all the positive stuff that they want to do against Xavier per se you know I know it's going to be a different matchup per se as far as talent and everything like that but they got to you know put put a lot of the bricks down um, for the house, you know, for the successful the success of the house, you know, against uh, Florida Golf Coast. The Kenyon segment keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. 
Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. Now, fellas, I was I was thinking about this, and obviously we haven't had a chance to, you know, kind of run through what the hot topic would be. So I'm throwing this at you guys. I was thinking, you know, looking at all this stuff when the whole Drake uh, wearing the Cincinnati jersey started, you've got Travis Kelsey, you know, with Taylor Swift. You've got uh, Jason Kelsey was uh, what? what, what of the year. Yeah. What, what magazine was that? New York Times, wasn't it? Was it New York Times? Okay, I'm not. Yeah, it wasn't. No, I don't know. Couldn't remember what. So you got we got a lot of Bearcats that are out there that are uh, that are popular right now. So my question for you guys is, and JT, I want to want to start with you. Could you list your top five current most popular Bearcat athletes right now? I'm talking about guys that have left. UC football, basketball, baseball, track, doesn't matter what it is that I've left the university now. The top five most popular. Okay, so popular, and we're going active. It could be, listen, it could be like it, current. Like you say, like if you say a name to like a random person, they'll be like, oh, I know who that is per se, or exactly. Are, exactly. Okay. So we'll go, no order, the Kelsey brothers, right? So that's two. All right, you got Sauce Gardner. Three. Let's see. Sauce Gardner. Hmm. Maybe Jordan Thompson. Okay. Because she's on a lot of advertisement too. You know, she's killing on volleyball. She's probably she's gotta be up there in top five right now. Um fifth person. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hmm. Popular. I'm gonna go Des Ritter. Okay. At five, he's starting. He's back starting again for the for the Falcons. Every time I'm opening up my phone, I see like a clip of him talking or something, or somebody critiquing him or something like that. So I think even though like good or bad, I think right now he's um he's got a little juice. So I'm gonna go with that five right now. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's, I'm, I'm gonna stand on that. I'll stand on that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Neil. Yeah, so obviously I, I got to go with three of the five that JT said. Obviously the Kelsey brothers are up there. Jordan Thompson uh, left her mark on the University of Cincinnati, and what she's doing right now in the professional volleyball world is tremendous. Obviously she's a – for people who don't know, she's an Under Armour athlete now. You see her on a lot of uh, signage and branding stuff at uh, local Dick Sporting Goods and whatnot. So hmm. uh, that's – obviously a big thing that you got to hit on. So there's three. I would have to go Sauce Gardner, and I would have to go Oscar Robertson. Well, you throwing the big, the big O out there. The big O. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I was thinking about this. There, there's, there's a lot to pick from. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, so definitely, I mean, let's just we got to check off the the the, the Kelsey bro. I, I think Travis is number one. Can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Bearcat. Um, yeah, I, I would put. So help me with this. So I'd put Travis at one. Would you put Sauce at two or Jason Kelsey at two? Because whoever you put it to is going to be three. I don't know. I feel like you got to put Jason at two just because of everything he's doing off the field as well i mean the podcast between him and travis is number one podcast streamed in all of all of the country right now so i think you got i think you got to put jason kelsey at two he might, he might barely got him he might barely because sauce getting doing good too he's in, it's just the jets aren't winning as good as, as the eagles so it's hurting but yeah, i mean at the beginning of the season he was in right all the commercials yeah yeah no 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 question so that 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 could be a that, that could be a a coin flip there. So yeah, that's a coin flip. Um, I then I think you got to talk. De I got Des in there, um, at, at four just because I thought JT was. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, I think Des is very polarizing 
in the NFL. You know, people are like, oh, he shouldn't start. Yeah. He's not the answer. You know, he's playing. He does some things well. But he's kind of been a polarizing, you know, quarterback. Just something to watch. I always check for his stats to see how he's doing. And, I mean, of course, we all want to see him, you know, successful. Um, for sure. You know, Neil, I know you went outside the box of, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that uh, were named were, were younger people. And you, you took the big O. And, obviously, big O is um, – <clears throat> You know, as popular, gosh, he he might be the most popular Bearcat, you know, ever. But I will say there are people that I have run into that didn't realize Oscar played for Cincinnati. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's some generation of people that it's just they know Oscar is the triple-double in the NBA. They don't really – you know what I mean? Yeah, like the Bucks. They think yeah. of Milwaukee yeah. Bucks more so sure. than – For sure. You see, yeah. For I I I've got to put Kenyon up there, man. I think Kenyon is still, you know, he's still that guy. When he comes on campus, it shuts down, man. Yeah, yeah I was I was thinking Kenyon too. That was going to be my fifth one. I was stuck between yeah. him and go. Yeah, I was coin flipping. I, like if, it, if I went six, it would have been Kenyon because like now he's back. He's starting to pop back up on social media. As far as he's on, he's just like been on that Gilbert Arenas pod a lot, man. So yeah. killing that's, it on that. That's so, been entertaining like, to watch too. Yeah, and it's been hilarious. So it's always some kind of funny clip popping up, and then you know, seeing Ken's personality, you know, so that's dope. So that, that's mm-hmm. making him pop up, and then people always like got nothing but positive stuff to say with Ken. It's like, have have you listened to the um him on Knuckleheads? I think that's the one he was on. Was on uh, yes, I did. I, I was dope, man. That was a real good interview. That was. Uh, yeah, that might be the first. That might be the first long, long form podcast like about himself that I've ever heard with Kenyon. Okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just with yeah. him talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. It was legit. So yeah, I was like, good. yeah, that, that was a real dope one. So yeah, I'd have to put I have to put Kenyon in there. And you know, obviously his son still, you know, uh, he's got the son playing. He's got another son on the on the way up too as well. Yeah. Um, couple couple uh, honorable mentions I think we got to throw out there. Kevin Euclid, um, you know, he's still, I think, very popular amongst yep. the Bearcat fan base. Um, Alec Pierce. Yep. Still very, very popular. Sean Kilpatrick. And, and I tell uh, you, Sean's still – I mean, obviously he was, he was a great, great player, but also he doesn't come around um, as much because he was, you know, playing and, you know, being in New York and working and all that stuff. So – I think sometimes when you don't come around as much, you've got that aura around you. When you do come, it's a big deal. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'd still put uh, Kilpatrick there. And, you know, like even um, Sandy Koufax, like, I, you know, he doesn't come around. I don't think I've ever met him in my life. Mm. Um, and I would have loved to have had the opportunity to at least, you know, shake his hand. But uh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I would I would definitely I would go Travis, um, Jason, or Sauce two or three. You could just depending on the day, I could go either way. Dez and then uh, then Kenyon. And I probably huh? Is that solid? That's fair. That's super fair. Uh, add add Nick Via on there as a uh, oh as yeah a yeah mention too. Yeah yeah and yeah. I, I gotta add Nick Van Exel on there. I'm glad you brought that up because it's it shocks me how many young. That I talk about. Hold on, Neil. It, it shocks me that so many young people I talk to actually know who Nick Van Exel is. Because you know, there's like a whole generation of young kids that are like oblivious to guys that played in the NBA during the '90s, and you know what I'm saying, like during those periods. Yeah. Nick Van Exel has so many Instagram like little highlight videos. Yeah, he got those clips. So a lot of kids and his jerseys always, yeah. you know, still on. Always screen. out there. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. a. Good one. Yeah, and then you could also add uh, Sandy Koufax to that list. That's what I said earlier. Yeah, yeah you could add Sandy, Sandy Koufax. A lot of people can't. A lot of people forget that he went to UC. So, gotta yeah. have Sandy on there. Yeah, and I'll... you could also throw Corey Blunt onto that too. Yeah, yeah. Throw could Corey throw Corey into too. that conversation as well. Definitely can. Yeah, I was uh, listening to the um, all the smoke. It's like Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. And they interviewed Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki, 
And who does he bring up during the during the, the um the podcast multiple times? Nick Van Exel. Really? Yeah. Did they they played together in Dallas, right? Yeah, they played together in da- Dallas, and it was like one year. Dirk hurt his knee, and he was like, "Man, Nick Van Exel was so good. Like, I think he might have dropped forty in the playoffs or when I think they're playing Spurs. He was like, "Man, I wish I wouldn't have got hurt. I don't know if we would have won, but Nick was playing so good." It was just like, I think we would have had a better chance. And Steven Jackson was like, man, I ain't going to lie. I was playing for the Spurs at the time. When you got hurt, we had more relief because of how good he said. Nick Van Axel was cooking Tony Parker. So, you couldn't <laughs> do that so yeah, I, it was like crazy. Like, it's just crazy how much Cincinnati people come up randomly in pods. Like, so it was pretty dope. So yeah, sure weren't, you, weren't you saying that uh, Steve Logan came up in the pod? Yeah, I got I can't find that clip, but like. Gilbert Arenas is like, dog, Stephen Logan used to kill me. <laughs> Can you find that clip? Send that to me. I, I want have to. I will. I mean, he was like, Steve Logan, I couldn't, like, I couldn't do nothing with him. He was like, I could not do nothing with him. He was like, you know me. You know, like, he said, mm-hmm. Steve Logan used to kill me. No bull. You know what would be nice? It would be really nice to have some sort of. You know, I know they're, they're separate banquets. You've got, you know, the, the the basketball, football. You've got the Hall of Fame, which is all encompassing of the different sports. But it'd be nice to have some sort of, you know, Bearcat Fan Fest where, you know, guys like Kenyon, Travis, Kelsey, Uke, Sauce, Alec, or, or Dez mm. are all in the building. Like, I don't think we've ever had anything like that. Can you guys remember anything like where it was like a – conscious effort of getting as many former players in multiple multiple sports nah like a generic red fest <laughs> yeah kind of you know I mean, just like you know no, yes and, and not that not that you know not that all the fans you know are, are 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 coming and getting pictures and shaking hands but just something where they're coming back the donors are there you know maybe fans can buy tickets and it's, it's yeah. limited and um just to kind of, I think, celebrate the culture of yeah. Bearcat athletics. I mean, you know, you throw Mary Weinberg in there, what she yeah. did with the track. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's just so many, there's so many good, and just to celebrate that. And I know they they do it with the the um, um, Legion of Excellence, but you know, only certain people go in at a certain time. Everybody's not there, but yeah. it would be dope to have one big, one big thing. True. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, we we need to. Yeah, let me. We need to bring that up to Cunningham. So yeah, here's a fundraising idea. I know, right? I yeah, no, if you think about it, like donors would love that. Because listen, at the end of the day, I've, I've talked to a lot of donors, and a lot of the folks that donate, whether it's individual or companies that donate to the university, they donate to help you know the student athletes prosper. So if if a donor can see a student athlete not only do well in college, but then do well beyond that, they feel as if they had, and they did have a part of their growth and their journey. So for them to come back and celebrate that journey in the present, I think a lot of these donors would be like, Hey, we played a part in this and um, yeah. let's, let's celebrate that. Uh, so I think that looks good for, even the even the players out of there now, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, they can they can come and they could watch and see like, oh man, there's Jordan Thompson, there's Des Ritter, like oh, man. you know what I'm saying? Like some of them yeah. have never seen these people before. Like the basketball players, they've never seen Travis Kelsey before. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hopefully, we can get them courtside of a Bearcat game. Yeah, that'd be dope. Him next to Drake. Man, that that. I don't even think that would work because that's just that's just too much in one building, man. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> Taylor would be there, and yeah, that yeah. would. If 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 Travis comes with Taylor, even though I'm like, I try to mute all that because it's like OD. So sorry, y'all can shoot at me, y'all can be mad at me if y'all want, um, Bearcats fans. About um, I don't even know. Like that'd be that'd be OD. I think people will pass out. <laughs> Like Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson like Michael Jackson, t- like, looking at people when they pass out. It would be very close to that. Neil, it would be super OD. Like it would be crazy. Neil would definitely pass out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not a Swifty. I'm not a not I, a Swifty. I can see you just going. 
Oh gosh. People will definitely pass out. I'm telling you, they had to have super security there. Oh man, could you the security? A lot of health people, they needed like extra. You know how like if somebody got hurt, and I, and I they need like extra people, extra uh, gurneys and all that stuff. There, people oh, pass out, bro. For for sure, for sure. <laughs> now this was this was good. This was a good list. I, I just want to throw something out of left field at you guys, just to <laughs> go go back and forth. Well, you know, we need to. I think we need we need to continue to celebrate Bearcat. You know, athletics, the culture um the rich culture and, and listen and, and i don't mean to you know knock on xavier but xavier doesn't have what what the bearcats have in terms of the, you got the football first and foremost you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and it's True. just you know the national championships the final fours they, yeah. they don't have all of that so if anybody deserves a fan fest, a Bearcat fan fest, you know, it's definitely the, the fan base. Um, yeah. So good stuff, man. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a local owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses apart pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact Online at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood in the Beachmont, Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And, fellas, we got to figure out which game we're going to, you know, do a pod from, Meals. We got we got to figure that out soon, don't we? Yeah, for yes, sure. Sir. We're going to do an away game, right? Yep. Yep. We got, we got to do it. One, yeah, one of the away Big 12 games, right? That makes sense. Okay, not not one of them late night, West, uh, you know, the, the yeah. Not one of the late, late, late night ones. Yeah, we got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah that Kansas game's at nine o'clock too on a Monday. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, we need to we need to uh, get down and figure that out. Also, um, we'll be announcing shortly. We'll be interviewing uh, someone from the Bearcat basketball coaching staff very soon. We'll be announcing that and uh, getting the details out on that very soon. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats! <laughs>